Hello and welcome to My Side of the Street with Marie Hanneman. That's me. Today I'll be sharing my journey of healing both past and present so that you know you are not alone. Many times I have felt and still often feel helpless. And then somehow I discover another way and find the courage within to take some new action which consequently helps me step into healthier ways of being. And that's what we will be discussing today. Welcome listeners. Today, we're going to talk about something that happened in May of this year, and that is my relapse. I had an alcoholic relapse on May 13th. And so many of you know that I am a recovering addict and alcoholic and that my sober date is June 20th, 2019, or was June 20th, 2019, and that I created my company, my sober living homes, and it is named 620 on after my sober date and all of that well 620 is no longer my sober date may 14th 2023 is and um i invited my friend casey jones here uh, alongside me to discuss the circumstances leading up to my relapse um the effects of my relapse and where i stand now in my recovery welcome casey hello my friend (laughs) Casey and I both went through Hemet Valley Recovery Center together. We did. Casey's sober date is June 25th, correct? Correct. June 25th, 2019. And I'm sure Casey is proud to say that that is still her sober date. It is. Shockingly enough, it is. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to share with you the amount of sobriety I would have had I not given it away. And the the reason I think that that's important before we continue is for those of you, you know, not everybody knows recovery and not everybody understands all that. I, I think it's it's important to kind of gauge what someone's giving up. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So if I had not made the mistake or the choice that I made on May 13th of this year, I would have four years, four months, and 10 days right now. And the ego and my pride, that kills me. That's really, really difficult. And to think that I am now basically four years behind you is not a fun thing for me to think. I get that. And there is a huge part of the ego and the pride that affects recovery. I mean, it, it's it's probably the the biggest factor that gets in the way of our recovery, I would say. What I have now is five months and 16 days. And I am very, very proud of those five months and 16 days. Very, very proud. But on the day when I actually relapsed, my thought process that day was, oh, I'll just drink from May 13th to June 19th and hide it from everyone. And then I'll still have a June 20th sober date. Like that's what my <laughs> ego was trying to figure out on. So you know. you're in control. Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't like, I don't like the fact that I screwed up my date. Like that bugs me now that my business is named that. And, and that's not really my date. But the truth is now that I've five months past that relapse, the truth is, May 13th was as key to my understanding of my own journey as 
June 20th was. I have to say something, though. You know, I'm a numbers person. And yeah. it kind of occurred to me that when this all happened, it took about three days before you finally started grasping the, the severity of this. Yeah. And isn't it interesting? That would have been 516. And today is 500, is five months, uh, the 516 day. Yeah. For five months. 16. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why that just clicked in five months, 16 days. And that was about, it was, it would have been five, May 16th. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It is, uh, it, it kind of, everything about it kind of comes in waves, my understanding of it, you know, kind of like any life situation, truthfully, you, the more distance you get from it, the more objective your, your observations are, you know, things like that nature. So I'd like to go over some of what was happening or all of what was happening in my life leading up to May 13th. Yes. My parents are in the nineties and they were increasingly needing more and more and more and more care. And they had lived at their own home up until may right and we made the decision as i have six siblings so there's seven of us and i'm the youngest and and as a whole unit all of us including my parents there was a decision made that they would move into um assisted living i remember the same week and the reason this timing is so important is because my mama had broken her thigh her femur and she was in care and she was being released from that care and we couldn't bring her home because she would require too much care at home for it to work yep so we had to figure it out before she was released from care and some of my siblings were very reluctant to choose assisted living sure. for whatever reason everybody has you know, different opinions and things. So really, honestly, the true official decision was not made until Sunday night. And then they had to be moved in literally that week. Jeez. Yeah. So luckily, um, my sister Kath and I, who live together here, we had already put a deposit down and reserved an apartment just in case. Yeah. Yeah. So luckily I had done a lot of the paperwork to get them in. All of that sort of stuff was kind of already in the, in the running. But prior to that decision that Sunday night, we had had, oh, no less than five meetings from March till mid beginning of May where all the siblings are discussing, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And, you know, family dynamics being what they are, some of those meetings were not very calm. I remember. Yeah. I remember the phone calls. Yeah. And I will say I'm, I'm very blessed because for the most part, they were pretty calm, which is a freaking miracle. Considering right. what most families do. Well, but people. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, um, one in particular was very difficult for me very difficult for me and it threw me kind of into an, an emotional tailspin 
I felt like a child again. I felt like I was being treated like a child in the conversation and it, it wrecked me. Yes. And brought up all kinds of emotions and, and, um, that I didn't know were still there that heavily. Yeah. So I'm dealing with my parents aging. I'm dealing with their emotions about it. I'm dealing with all my siblings emotions about it. And then one of my siblings hits a very serious nerve inside of me and causes me to react. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah. And then the week that we have to move my parents into assisted living, my nephew is graduating from college in Montana. Yes. So two out of the four siblings, is it four that live in Southern California? I gotta count that. One, two, three, four. Yes, four siblings live in Southern California. So out of the, the four siblings that live in Southern California near my parents, two were going to be gone all week at a graduation in Montana. Yep, I remember. So now all of a sudden, how do we, how do we get mom and dad into assisted living? I decided, like I have done so many times in my life, that I was going to solve the problem. Yep. <laughs> and I booked a flight out to California and I took it fully on by myself. Now, they, my siblings did some of the work the weekend, like before they left or a couple days before they left and got some things into the apartment. And that was really great. It really was. But what I failed to do was recognize the emotions that were going to be flying. Absolutely. Not only mine, but my mom's and my dad's. Yeah. Too. It's an absolute change to the family dynamic. And that is a bad habit of mine that I created when I was very young. Bad things would happen or there would be high emotions and I would mitigate them, make sure that they did not affect everyone. I would yeah. shove them down and and not make it anyone else's issue and take it all on myself. That was right. such a repeat of codependent behavior on my part. Right. right. Like the absolute worst. So I moved my parents in, I did it all. And Saturday morning after they were all moved in and everything was done, I was getting ready to fly home. I took a shower, which if any of you have listened to my past episodes, you know that that's a major accomplishment on my part. I washed my own hair that morning. Not only that, but after the shower, I fully lotioned my body up. Like these are all tactile issues that I have major issues with. And, and I had done all that all by myself. I remember how proud you were. I remember you calling me. Yeah. I was yeah. like on a high kind of. Yeah. But what's interesting, what I'm getting now is that that high was a high of ignoring reality mm -hmm. and only focusing on what's working. Right. And honestly, Casey, I didn't even realize that until I'm saying it to you right now. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I did throughout my marriage. That's what I did throughout my life. I, I would shove down feelings, mitigate them so that no one else had to deal with them. Yep. And then, and then I would only focus on what was positive, and I would not look at life with with real eyes. 
Sure. And that is, that's what I did that day. Absolutely. In addition to that, I had been quote unquote, air quotes, working on my eighth step since March, I would say. The truth of the matter is I was ignoring my eighth step. So let me read it to everyone who's not in the program. The eighth step of AA is made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. So it's not the step where you actually have to make the amends. It's just the step where you have to recognize what they are and write them down. Which can be just as hard because you're actually acknowledging it on paper. Actually, for me, I think that part is harder. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Yeah. Because I don't want to look at that. No. God, no. It's really nice being on this side of recovery and saying, I like me. Right. But now I want, I have to go revisit that girl that I did not like at all. And I, and more than that, it's more than revisiting. It's looking at everything she did. Yes. That's the, that's the ass kicker. That's, that's the one that's like, but I like being over here. I don't want to continue to look back. I did not want to look. No. Who would? I really, I was, but I wasn't being honest with myself that I didn't want to look. Right. You know, I was like. You didn't know that that was even happening. You didn't know that you were choosing, were just doing life. Yeah. And it's so interesting to me because really being in the program, I'm working the steps, whether you're actively working, whatever you're doing, it's building muscles around rigorous honesty. Yeah. And that starts with being honest with yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, that's something you and I have been discussing for several years now. Oh, for sure. It's one of the harder things because I can lie. Any of us can lie to anybody. That's easy. That doesn't take effort. But I know if I'm bullshitting myself. I know that. And that doesn't feel, it feels yucky. Yeah. So you you start learning how to just be honest with yourself and and realizing, oh, that didn't hurt as bad as I thought it would. I'm still alive. And, yeah. and, you know, and that, just like you were talking about, strengthening that muscle. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. I'm way more truthful with myself now. Way. And I'm, and more than that, I'm willing to act on it. And that's, yeah. that's where the magic happens. Well, you know, for me, I've always, my whole life, I've been someone, even in my addictions, if I can see it, I'll own it. That's how I've always been. That's just how this person, Marie, happened to function. Sure. What I didn't realize for 50 years, honestly, was that I was really good at just not looking. Right. Right. I was really good at that. Way better than I thought I was. For sure. And I think my relapse in May woke me up to that. Right. In a big way. I agree. That was one of the biggest benefits of the relapse was that I realized you're still bullshitting yourself, Marie. Yeah. 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 It makes, it makes sense. And it takes those shakeups to realize that we're not, we're not holding up our end of the bargain to ourselves. Yeah. Holding it up to everybody else. But to myself, I'm letting myself down and yourself's going to tell you real quick and call you and pull you up real quick. Yeah. You know, 
hey, there's something wrong here. You yeah. Know? Your little yeah. self-suffering for your folks, and it got your attention in the way it knew how. Yes, exactly. You weren't listening. You weren't listening. And it was like, all right, I got to do what I got to do because you're not. And listening. I really was not listening. I was uh -huh. not. And I was it's, not. Here, here's the first major stressful family thing that I'm dealing with. And I go right back to my old behavior of take it all on yourself. Think it's you against the world. Right. And that you have to control everything if it's going to get done. Yeah. You know, and. Everybody gets what they want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do love that about me that that I I can see where needs are and I. Oh my apps. I love that about me. What? Oh my gosh. It it's very um it's very handy for sure. Uh you know, to have that. Um absolutely because well, just this last thing, I mean, we just moved what three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Yeah. I was absolutely convinced that my husband and I were gonna have to do this on our own. Like I thought, okay, I don't know how. And I wasn't going to ask. I was just like, we're just going to, we're just going to do it. And here comes Marie and she freaking rounds up the troops, circles the wagons. And we've got this army, this complete army of people. And had I, I, I probably would have never even asked. Right. I would have never asked, but people like you are so critical to people like me who won't ask. And because you see it and you rather than say, hey, do you care if I do this? You're like, so here's the deal. <laughs> this person's going to be there at this time with this thing. And this person's going to be doing that. And I'm like, wait, what? So, <laughs> okay. Because sometimes, and I think that I can speak for all of us listening, all of us in any situation. Sometimes we need a grown up in charge. And it doesn't matter what we need. We need a grown up. We need when we're having a moment and we're scared and we're sad or whatever, you need someone in your life that's like, I got you. I got you. And more than can see it, acts on it. Once again, yeah. acting on it. That's a big deal. And it's so rare. It's so rare. And um, no, it's 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 so appreciated, but I can also see the other side of that. I can also see the other side of that coin where when you've always been the fixer, yeah, roll, and everyone just assumes Marie's going to come in and fix it because mom and dad have to get moved to this place. Marie'll handle it because yeah. you, and that so you kind of pigeonhole yourself, and that can be detrimental to you. So and that's the thing is that if if I'm not when I'm being honest about it, I'm realizing the the cost of what I'm yeah. choosing to do, and it's and it's a it's an educated choice. I am honored and humbled to be able to provide that. For sure. But the problem that comes up for me is that I was the little kid that needed an adult in the room right. to take action. And there wasn't one. Exactly. So then you become that for others. Yeah. And so when I do that as a default mechanism, it, I haven't always made the choice in an educated manner with my eyes wide open. Right. I get that. And for my parents, 
I tried. I really honestly tried. I tried to be honest about what I could handle and what I couldn't. Yeah. I really did. But the truth is, you know, they say you're either on your road to relapse or your road to recovery. Seeds had already been sown in my life of me avoiding truth through yeah. me avoiding the eighth step. Me, you know, these things were already laid in place. Yeah. And then I provided the opportunity by depleting myself. Yeah. And, and we'll um, go back to what we know. Yeah. Yeah. Just like anything. I mean, if you were looking for food somewhere, somewhere new, and you couldn't find any, you'd go back to where you know the food was. So we're right. going is we're going to always do what we've always done until we don't. Yeah. And that, that's just it. So the day of i'm gonna share my side of it how okay. it went and then i would like you to share your side of it okay if you don't mind no that's fine so i get to long beach airport and i'm it's just me and Gigi, my dog and the place that I have to wait in line to get to my gate, my gate is literally like 10 feet, if that, from this gorgeous wine bar at the Long Beach airport. And I can smell the wine. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing the fantasy of holding a beautiful glass of wine. You know, sure. that whole, I that whole fantasy thing for me. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to have a glass of wine. So now you're in the visualization part. Totally. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to have one and I'm just not going to tell anybody. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be all good. I get it. So that did not happen at the Long Beach airport. <laughs> so let me write, let me read to you what I wrote down. 5-13-2023 at 3.40 p.m. at Long Beach Airport. I had decided to have a glass of wine. I was sure of my choice and figured no one needed to know. Then I remembered how it felt to live secretively. That made me cry. I called Casey. No answer. I called Yvonne, who is my sponsor and my friend. No answer. I was about to get up and buy a glass of wine when Casey returned my call. I said hello and then began to cry. Casey suggested that I write out my feelings, whatever they are. So here they are. I was so proud of myself this morning for showering with soap and washing my own hair, plus lotioning my body afterwards. Why is this desire to drink so fucking intense? I am so frustrated, exclamation point, exclamation point. I would be drinking right now if it wasn't for having to own it with everyone. For sure, I would be drinking right now. In fact, I'm perturbed that I can't slip up. Why do I have to be strong, damn it? Cody isn't. And Cody, by the way, is my sponsor's son who struggles with alcoholism as well. And clearly, from what I wrote down here, I had built up some resentments about the fact that he is quote unquote allowed right up and relapse regularly 
and I am not. Right. Which, saying that out loud sounds so very childish. But I get it. Yeah. I really get it. I completely... And the truth is, because I hadn't relapsed, I had a community that was amazing that gave a shit about me. Right. And... <clears throat> He hadn't committed to that, so therefore it hadn't committed to him. Exactly. Exactly correct. Yeah. So it, it wasn't that he's allowed to and I'm not. But clearly, I mean, I, I probably wasn't even aware that I felt that way until I wrote that down. Yeah, absolutely. And clearly that had been sitting in there for a bit. Mm-hmm. Which gave my disease an opportunity to go knock 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 hello yeah absolutely have a pity party and you go do what the fuck you want yeah because you've earned it don't you know right uh -huh. so after i wrote that down it was time to board the plane and i was very very proud of myself however i will tell you in all 100 percent honesty the back of my mind was pissed i missed the opportunity to have a glass of wine at that wine bar. <laughs> course because don't you know it's the perfect scenario and it you yeah. know it was gonna feel so good to have wine in that wine bar right but i didn't think about it i didn't think about it at all the entire time i was on the plane from long beach to oakland i had a layover in oakland on my way home to boise and i it didn't even cross my mind i wrote that down i put it in my backpack gg and i aborted the plane I watch TV shows on, you know, the little yeah. Southwest TV, whatever. Didn't even dawn on me. Didn't even think about it. And then Gigi and I get off the plane and I literally walk directly, directly without any thought to a bar. Yeah. And ordered a glass of wine. I was there ordering the wine, paying for it before I even realized what was happening. Yeah, you're on autopilot. Yeah. And then uh, there was some time between paying for it and getting it. And that's when I had the conversation with myself, the real debate. Okay. You could walk away right now. Yeah. You know, you're not walking away. Like this yeah. is all that's going on. You know, you're not walking away, Marie. And then I didn't. And then I drank it. And then there was just a little bit left at the end. And I took a picture of it. I took a picture of it to remind myself that I did that. Yeah. I did not intend on sending it to you, by the way. Really? Not at all. <laughs> so I take a picture of this little plastic wine thing. You can't really tell it's wine because it's white wine and it's not obviously a wine glass but it's not exactly clear liquid that's in there but i did not intend on sending it to anybody i yeah. just intended to take a picture of it to remind myself that i'd made that choice sure and then i'm walking around the oakland airport after i drink it all and in my head i'm like i don't like this feeling anymore right Logically, I was like, I don't like this feeling. And then in the back of my mind was, where do I get a bottle? Yes. Like, how insane is that? Yeah. Yeah. That is completely insane. I get it. 
I'm I'm thinking, oh, I don't like being tipsy. This is weird. Like I can't think straight. And yeah. then the back of my head's going, okay, so where do I get a bottle? Yeah, where do I get more? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know? So I just went to my gate, sat down. It was like in 10 minutes, because Gigi and I are pre-board. Um, we were on the plane. And I watched TV from Oakland to Boise. And then I got off the plane and I was going to text you to say, like, can I talk to you or something like that? I wasn't sure what I was going to say, really. And somehow that picture got attached to the text. And I don't know how. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then oh. I get a text back from you saying, is that water? And I'm going, fuck, fuck. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I entered the <laughs> like, I was freaking out. Yeah. I had every intention of telling Yvonne when I got in the car. Because I'm kind of like that. Like, if she's my sponsor, what's the point in having her if I'm not telling her the truth kind of thing? Like, even when I used to do drugs, I would tell the doctors, yeah, I do speed. And they're like, could you not tell us that, you know? But <laughs> but I'm like, well, if you're my doctor, you should know these things. And they're like, yeah. okay, you know? Yeah, exactly. So I had every intention of telling Yvonne, but I wasn't sure past that what I could commit to. Sure, I get that. But I accidentally, somehow, probably God, attached that freaking picture of that wine mm-hmm. and sent it to you. Yeah, you did. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Yeah, it was an interesting experience for sure. So you want to share what it was like on your side to get my phone call and all of that? So I remember in the morning you called and you were all jazzed about the shower thing. And I was like, oh, honey, I'm so happy for you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Everything was great, no worries. Then I see I miss a call from you in the afternoon. So I uh, call you back, which is weird because normally I don't call people back. I'm, but you, for whatever reason, I always call back. And um, you I love me. You. And that's, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, uh, you were telling me I, I want to drink. And I remember I had to like sit down. I was like, wait, what? Like, that's so, like, not even a thing we talk about. Like, I, I don't even know how to describe it. Considering how we met and what we do for a living, like, yeah. that's just not something I think about with us, like, at all. Like, I, I, yeah. don't ever, I never have envisioned having to talk you off the ledge or vice versa. It, it's just right. never. What has worked for me so well is writing. And I never thought I would say that. I've always been, I just, I'm a stuffer. But writing has just literally changed my life. So I share that with my patients. I shared it with you that day. Like just mm-hmm. however you're feeling right now, honey, just get it on paper, write it. I don't care what you have to find. Just write it down. However and I found find. some random like Legal. envelope and wrote on it. Yeah. <laughs> so when you got to, um, I remember, I think it's either when you got, you got somewhere and I said, did you write it? And you you sent me pictures, and I was like, "All right, good girl, you know, good girl." So in my mind, writing, yeah, yeah, in my head, I remember very plainly it being like out of my head, like it's done, it's over, it's it's not a thing. Yeah, didn't think about it again for a few more hours. Randomly, 
my husband and I are sitting on the couch and I get literally just a picture. And I said, did you land or something like that? And there was no text. It was just a picture. And I was like, well, that's weird. And I thought it was, and that's when I said, is that water? And I showed it to Jason and he looked at me and he shook his head. He said, no, that's not water. And I said, but honey, it's a water cup. And he goes, no, that's, that's a wine cup. And I said, and in that moment, honey, I'll be honest with you. It felt like a fuck you. Yeah. It totally felt like a fuck you because, which confused me even more because that's not our relationship or you. So I was like, I wasn't sure how to take it. Well, and and how did I mean that? Just a random picture. Like that's bizarre. There was no, there was no text associated with it. It was just the picture. Interesting now to know that I didn't even, there was, I didn't even mean to send that. Yeah, there was no text. And I really thought you were telling me I did good. It's just water. Like I just got water and that's how I took it. But then Jay's like, no, honey, that's not what that is. And it was so weird. I remember the feeling so well. I felt completely like deflated, floored, shocked, not good. Yeah. Good. And at that time in my life, um, a very important friend of mine, as you know, was, uh, was making her exit out of my life. Yeah. I didn't know it at the time. I just realized that the friendship was no longer salvageable. And that really hurt me to my core. Then you happened. Yeah. And I felt like, what is happening? Like this, this terrible, um, where does this leave me? Right. And, and, and I, I hate to even say that it, it sounds so selfish, but I live with me. So it, it directly affects me. Yes. It does. <laughs> so I, I kind of have to pay attention to how I'm feeling. And I was like, what does this mean? And I remember I just broke down. I yes. just started bawling and crying and crying. And Jason's like, honey, we don't know. And I said, so I called you. Mm-hmm. I called you and you were happy. Everything I was, was still great. a little, a you're little tipsy through the airport. And I'm like, so what was that? And you're like, it was wine. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, and you're, I'm oh like, what God. are you doing? And you're like, I'm just on my way to get my luggage. And I'm like, uh-huh. So I'm like, okay, so maybe it was a fuck you because it's like, see, I ain't even bothered. I'm not sad. I ain't even bothered because I'm skipping my happy drunk ass through the airport. And blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And I just remember how heartbroken. Yeah. I was so heartbroken. And I, I said, what does this mean for 620? How, how can she have sober living people now? She, she can't have them. The business is gone. Everything has changed. With yeah. one decision, everything yeah. has just changed. Everything, our friendship is different. Everything yeah. is, is now, I saw in that moment, which is so not my thing, but in that moment, I saw the gravity of the situation. And, I and was, it hadn't it, hit me. No, and that's what bothered me a lot was that you, it was not a thing. And I was like, I, I'm not sure. I mean, and I, it was so terrible in my heart that I felt like I was overreacting. Like, yeah. I thought, why am I so upset about this? And she's not. And I yeah. thought, why am I more worried about it than she is? Like, that doesn't even make sense. And 
I just remember being completely heartbroken and feeling I was already feeling abandoned. And now, and then I had salt and now another friend is abandoning. And I was like, I don't understand what, what, God, what are you doing? You know? And I talked to you the next day and, um, you still were very like, hmm. in all honesty, honey, when you were a few minutes ago, when you got teary eyed, yeah. that's the first time I've ever heard emotion out of you regarding this event. Yeah. Ever, ever. It's not something we talk about. It's not like, you know, whatever. Right. And like we dwell on uh, that. Yeah. No, we truly don't. It's like, okay, it happened. But coming from me, who is a, a absolute chronic relapser for 22 years i get it completely i had just never had time i i I don't even consider them relapses they were just the next indicated step to me oh look i've been 10 minutes better use you know yeah it wasn't something that i had set out to do so and your you and me our whole relationship had been built on june of 2019 yeah so that changed you know, and it's, I think it scared me a lot. It, it truly scared me because I didn't know what it meant now. Yeah. Where does this leave all of us? Right. All, a whole group of people. A whole, a whole community. There's a yeah. lot of our group and we're all so embedded in each other. And I thought, what does it mean now? You know, I, I don't know where that leaves any of us anymore. And it scared I me. Not so much. I really, I honestly do. And I did then as well, although I didn't realize what was happening with your other friendship at all at that right. point so no. i didn't realize what i was compounding on sure however i did realize why it had impacted you because it would have scared the shit out of me if you had yeah. if roles were reversed i think i was just tipsy when you were talking to me at yeah. you know on may 13th and then when I made the decision that that was going to be the only thing I chose to do and I was done drinking, it was one glass of wine in the airport and I wasn't going to let it be more than that. Yeah. I had to take the mindset of, to not be so upset about it. I had to take the mindset of how you handle this will define this moment. Yes. I get that. If yeah. if you make yourself wrong, if you have shame, if you're, if you're going to cry over what you've lost, then right. you, then you are susceptible to drinking more. Yeah. And I've seen so many people do that. It's like, well, fuck it now. You yeah. know, we've, we've, we've seen them all the time. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't want to be that person who, because of one bad mistake, I chose to just ruin everything I created. For sure. So I didn't know what that looked like at all, but I knew I couldn't let myself get enveloped by the sadness or the upsetness about it yeah and once again you were not listening to yourself exactly once again exactly it's it wasn't a truthful let's look at this and make a decision it was i refuse to look at what hurts because that will stop me from staying sober right it worked in the moment but i have had to really take time in the last five months and say what 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 is it that you did lose and what what really led up to that? And let's get real and honest. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I really thought about it, you know, in the months after that. And 
and thought, you know, why? I, I think it it's almost like when you find out that someone you know is actually Jack the Ripper, and you're like, what? What? Yeah. How the hell did I miss that? Yeah. You know, it's kind of like that. Um, like I felt like I don't even know her. Like I never yeah. knew, her. and I felt swindled. You know, there were so many emotions, and it was so weird to be on this side of that. I've never yeah. the, the that other person. You know, I've never been on the other I, I i've always been the, the relapse or not the one on the other end of the phone so right. that was really foreign to me yeah really foreign to me and i wasn't sure how to process that at all and yeah. i had really no one to talk to about it i sure as hell wasn't going to talk to our people right because that would never i would never do that to you right so and diane and yvonne two of our good friends were like well, that wasn't really a relapse. And I'm like, no, no, it really was. Right. You know, like, it right. was almost like they didn't want to look at it either. No, it was like, oh, Casey just that one, meant. took one Norco, not 10. Right. You know, well, well, no, but she took one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And she exactly. wasn't in pain. And I had to, especially with Diane, who, if you guys have been listening to the podcast, that's my very good friend and also... Uh, the house manager at 620. I had to re keep reminding her, no, that's a relapse. <laughs> right. Because she really, she's a lot like me. And she, if she, if it doesn't work for her, she doesn't want to see it. And <laughs> I mean, you know, and then also I had to be really careful about how I approached it because of the business. I had to be really careful about how I approached it with my clients because I didn't want to trigger them and set them off. Right. I also didn't want them to feel like I'm a phony. Right. And then too, how the the community in Hemet, California that that feeds into the clients that I have at Honesty Home, how do I tell them that I relapsed? Because now are they gonna not trust the safety of my home that I right. created? Right. So there was so much of and and God bless Yvonne. She's like well, let's not make that decision right now, you know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, she's like, why don't you give yourself a few minutes to process it and then you can share it or and then you can decide, you know, that sort of thing. And that's why I chose, when I came to California in September, I chose to speak at the alumni, the Hummet Valley Recovery Center alumni meeting. And, and I invited all of the clients inside Honesty Home to come that night. Yeah. And they did. And I, when I shared with everyone about my relapse at the meeting as a speaker, I also shared that I had not shared it with my clients yet and that they were hearing it for the very first time right here and right now. And the reason I did it this way is because I wanted them to see the whole story and, yeah. and the vulnerable side of myself. And I didn't want anyone else to hear it before they did because I didn't want them to believe that I was a phony. Right. That they were duped. Right. And, and, and it's so good for them to see that too. Yeah. You know, and, and there's so many good, so much good that has come out of it and how literally by making one decision, just one. Yeah. What it can cause, you know, and if anything, it, it, reminds us to remain mindful to be more our, more diligent in in safeguarding our recovery yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. Absolutely. i think most people were shocked 
that I like it, it just a relapse for me was not on anyone's radar. No, in, in even yours. No, it wasn't. No, it never was a thing that any anybody thought about. Because like I said, we don't talk about it. It's not like right. I don't call you and be like, girl, I am on the edge. I just because it just doesn't happen. Thank God. Thank God. You know? yeah. It just it yet, you know, and I, every time that I have felt tempted in the past, I've made the phone calls to either my brother or to someone. Yeah. And and it was I was OK. I walked away and it was fine. Which is exactly what when you called yeah. and I. I thought we're good here. Yeah. Like, okay, we processed it. She's moved on. Yeah. We're okay. Yeah. 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 And the I problem was is that I remained alone. One, mm-hmm. things had been building up that I was not paying attention to. And two, I remained alone in an environment that had alcohol in it. Yeah. And no, those, I, that combination was not not a positive one for me. No, not at all, honey. But it it it's always such a good in any aspect to just always remember to stay vigilant. Yes, I agree. Always stay vigilant. I'm telling you, girl, I'm, I'm on it. I'm on it. And I, um, and it's funny, I, I'm more on it than I think I am. And it's kind of a subconscious response that I don't even think about. Yeah. I'm, I'm just very aware, um, that I can't do those things. Yeah. Because I literally make one decision. And yeah. it's all gone. And yeah. it, once again, we like we always tell everyone, the whole purpose of recovery is to have a life that I don't need to run from. That That's you're not looking to run from. Yeah. Exactly. So it's, it, I, I try to stay ever vigilant on yeah. anything that will take away this life that I love. I'm very, you know, and I didn't used to be. I didn't know I, I should be. And so, so many things that we don't even, like I tell my patients, the alcohol and drugs, that's nothing. That's whatever. Any idiot yeah. can do that. That doesn't take any skill. Now, here comes the big work. Right. That's the stuff. It's not stopping at drinking or using. That's not, that's not the problem. That's, you think so, that, but then once you get past that, it, that's actually the minor part. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's like, whatever. That's easy. It's, it's okay here now, you know, when they come to me and they're crying and, these grown men and these, you know, hardened criminals and they're crying. And I'm like, yep, here we go. Yeah. And that's, that's the stuff. That's why you were drinking and using. And that is why I drank again. Yeah. All of those reasons. And what I found is that I am not as on it as I think I am. I think I have this image of myself that I am direct and honest and I handle my shit. And you are. And I am, but I really... I I don't catch a lot when it comes to my heart. I get that too. I get that too because we're programmed. We get up, we make our bed, we brush our teeth, we go to work, we do our, you know, and it's just we're on the hamster wheel all the time. It's the same thing all the time. So we're not used to anything. We're not used to having to be on guard all the time because we don't live in that environment. And truthfully, the muscle I have built up, it's like almost like ridiculous yoked, like, Neck muscles yeah. on guys that do steroids and freak them, yeah. you know, make themselves all freaky looking. Yeah. My muscle that is disproportionately built up is the one that dismisses me for everyone else. Yes. And, and that, and, and then I get, I, I don't, I just don't catch it a lot. And there's the lesson. Yeah. 
there's the lesson. And earlier you said, you know, you gave up four years and all that. And I, I understand the mentality because I would feel the same way, but you, you didn't. That was I just get why you say that. that and I will say, truthfully, I had the worst hangover I've ever had in my life after you that one glass sick. of wine. You were sick. Sick as hell. And yeah, you paid. And I was so proud of myself that I had a body that said, fuck, I don't want this. Yeah. Because my body, I could drink anybody under the table up until I quit on June 20, yeah. 2019. Right. Anybody. Like, from the time I was in junior high on. Yeah. And now this same body can't said, have a that's poison. <laughs> Absolutely. And that Absolutely. is that is something that I, I was proud of. And what I what I tried to do at the beginning was look at what was beautiful. What I and that was that I, I did create that body. My habits created a body that did that refused to accept poison. Yep. And that I was making the choice to pivot back to recovery as quick as I was. You did, honey. You didn't take it and run. And it's so hard when you're in the initial stages of any kind of trauma and with a relapse to me is a, is a traumatic event yeah. depending on where you're at. But in that first few minutes, you can't find the beauty in it. No. You All you're doing is kicking yourself and you're sad. And now let's just add to the self-hatred because that's what causes the whole relapse in the first place. Right. So it actually is just, it, it's self-sabotage to its core. Yeah. And it. You don't know, we don't see the beauty till after the, the storm passes, right? Yeah. So when it lapses over and you're able to see it objectively and see it on the outside, that's yeah. when you start seeing the beauty of, of what has happened, you know? But it was all very necessary. It, it really was. It was. I think I used to feel, you know how they always say, well, if you have any any um caveat or any back door or any whatever that's going to be a problem it's going to get you in a relapse at some point well right. i i always had a well i gave that up like i don't get to do that kind of right. thought uh -huh. in my head and i don't feel that way so much at all i'm like no i really don't want that chaos in my life that's really oh. what i see when i see alcohol now i see chaos and that's exactly what it is. Yeah. You know, and if any kind of behavior that is going to change your life so dramatically and negatively is is something to be looked at. Yeah. You know? And we see it all the time. Like when I was working at HVRC, the Amazon packages that come in, holy God. Yes. That, the shopping like, addiction. The shopping, the eating, whatever it is, everybody it's gonna change. It's gonna it's gonna manifest in a different yeah. form fashion in everybody. Yeah. And we just have to literally always stay vigilant about it. And it doesn't mean you're constantly 24-7 thinking about it. I don't. I just do my life. Luckily, but it means that you stop and 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 check yourself on, on, on a regular occasion. And what I have learned to do is when I'm not okay in my heart, I sit with it. And I, I really do an analyzing, you know, have a moment. Yeah. Where I really look and I'm like, okay, where are you at? And I never used to do that before. I really, all right, what's what's wrong? What's wrong with yeah. you? You got to figure this out, girl. You're not okay. What's going on? And I really, I've learned to do check-ins with myself, yeah. you know, because I can't bullshit myself. I can't. I yeah. can try, but I'll know I'm lying. <laughs> yeah. 
can't bullshit the bullshitter. So, <laughs> so many things, honey. And like I said, the, the major thing that sticks out is just the, uh, you've always been my safe place and that had been removed. And yeah. I, I didn't know, I, I didn't know what, where that was now. Yeah. You know, I just cried to Jason. I just cried. And I said, I don't know what this means now. And, and it was, it was so massive to me. Yeah. It was so huge. It was like my friend died and, and she's sending yeah. me a picture of the gun that killed her on the way out. Right. That That's how it felt. And I was like, this isn't her. Like, right. I, how have I been so wrong? How have yeah. I been so wrong about all these people in my life that is, is, is my, is my radar screwed up? You know? And I, I am, I am honestly sorry for the pain that you experienced. I really am. And Thank you. one of the things I, I recognized in relapsing was that I fell apart and the world didn't stop. And that was important for me to experience that I don't have to carry the world. You don't, honey. You don't. Nobody expects you to. And and there's the lesson. Except for me. I, I said it, I said it the day I talked to you when you were hung over as hell. Yeah. I, oh well, where's the lesson? Yeah. Because there is one. Yeah. And we've already nailed a couple just in your podcast, yeah. you know. So it's um this, this, you know how we always do our little tarot and we read our little yeah. tarot. They always talk about the tower. The tower is yeah. a burning down event. And when you see the tower card, you get scared. Because usually means it scared. really means shedding the shit. Exactly. Getting rid of the old to bring in the new. Yeah. And, and where we can see that as being in fear and scary, actually, it's usually, well, it's not usually, it's always. Yeah. For our benefit. And it's for the And it leads to a rebirth, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Honey, that girl had to learn some stuff real quick. Yeah. And and you weren't listening and your body knew exactly how to get your attention. And it did. Yep. I mean, it's, it's taken me some time to really process it all, which is totally natural. And I still am processing it to a certain extent. And by the way, I've yet to put pen to paper for the eighth step. Oh, so, you know. There's that. It's all a process, honey. Yeah. It's all a process. But I am really, truthfully, you know, people always say, oh, I'm a grateful alcoholic. That never quite sat well with me, but I am, I can say that I am grateful that I relapsed. Yeah, I get I, it. I am because I, I don't have a back door now. No. I don't have a, a, well, if this happens, I want to drink. Yeah. I used to think if my parents passed, my siblings needed to stay with me because yeah. it would rock my world and I might drink. I don't feel that way at all anymore. Right. I feel strong enough to walk through that. Now, granted, when it happens, it happens and we'll see how that goes. But I really, a lot of the, the well, if this happens kind of bullshit that you tell yourself is gone. Well, remember that thing we always talked about, how we can do hard things. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I've been through things that I'm, I'm absolutely shocked that I didn't use over. Yeah. And in fact, it never even occurred to me, it didn't even occur to me to do it. And so, yeah, we can do really hard things. Honey. We can, and it doesn't, um, you start, we start getting our little reinforcements and our, our, our own 
support system that we have and we yeah. start utilizing so yeah. where i i didn't need to use over a broken heart i had right. my people and and, and we you are have of, people it's amazing what we have we do and we're we're very unique in that a lot of people don't have that yeah and we utilize each other in every possible aspect yeah i love to, it to save our own lives you know yeah. and and what i love about all of us is that nobody questions it yeah like they're just there they're just there yeah. and that's very unique and that would never have happened had i not got that dui on the 24th of june right i would i would not have this beautiful life and support system that i have yeah so what and a tower moment creates everything falling Absolutely. apart and everything just built right back up yeah and, and better. For me, my accident on june 19th 2019 it did that for me as well yep and and although june 20th is no longer my sober date it still was the day i decided to change my life exactly exactly and just because i mean we okay so think about it on june 20th you got diagnosed with cancer yeah and then you had four years you were in remission and it came back okay so we treat it yeah and that's exactly what you did you went right back to the doc and started treating it yeah. it's the same thing we don't fall we don't get mad at cancer patients right if they, you know if, if it comes back we don't get mad at them right and we just say okay let's get you let's go back to square one you yeah. know and start over and whatever that is yeah we don't get mad at them you know and i wasn't mad at you honey at all i was just floored and you know, I, I i was so hurt so yeah. hurt like it, and i knew it wasn't against me i knew that but it was well, I don't know. You kind of thought I sent you the glass of wine as a fuck you, which I did. <laughs> very much I understand completely why. And I was so panicked yes. when you sent me the text that said, Is that water? I was like, Oh my God, how the hell did I send that to her? Yeah, and I show it to Jay and he looks at me, he's like, Honey, that's not that's not water. <laughs> I'm like, oh no. I just it just broke my heart. But it broke my heart for you because we've been our little you know our june sisters you yeah. know years and i i felt like lonely almost i'm like but she's my sister on this like what no. you know it just it changed a lot of things but looking back now it didn't change a damn thing it's well really honestly, our our if anything our relationship might be a little more real because of it yes because i am because very we've had this We've had this fairy tale fun friendship all these years, and woo, yeah. everything they want, blah blah blah. And, yeah. And reality hit. Yeah. We really had to deal with a lot of reality. Yeah. So it it was just that good little reminder for everyone involved, Yvonne, yes. I, me, everybody, all all the players yeah. involved. That oh yeah, that's still out there, and just like we tell all the patients, yeah, your disease is literally outside that door, just waiting. That disease was waiting for you to walk off that plane. Yeah, it was waiting. It's it's like in the movies when the 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 cab driver's holding up the sign with yeah. the person's name on it. Come on, yeah. let's go get a glass uh -huh. wine. Yeah, exactly. And yours was like Great here, we go. here uh -huh. I am. Exactly, it yeah. was waiting for you, and it's so good to just stay vigilant at all times. Well, it's like a three-legged stool. Yeah. And if I if I allow for weakness on any leg, it's going to crumble. And and I I had done that. I had allowed for that. And and so now it's important for me to have my eyes a little wider. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, 
I love the fact that you joined me for this. Because I love it. You asked me. I, I love the, it just, it was really good to talk to you. And I think it was important that we had this conversation in length. Yes. For both I of us. Totally agree, honey. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. And I couldn't love you more. You know that. I know. I'm so lucky. I love I you too. My girl. <laughs> Is there anything you want to say to end it? Because here you have an entire audience of who knows how many people listening to you. I will say this. If you are someone who has struggled, like Marie and I have for quite a while, if you are someone who struggled with this, there's never been one day where I've ever thought, well, shit, why did I get sober? Why did I get clean? Oh why? My God. That has never one time ever hit my head. Yeah. But how many times did I say, God damn girl, why can't you stop doing this? Yeah. And regret and living with regret, 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 regret. And like we tell them too, same thing, you know, we're so many years we waited for the other shoe to drop because it always did. Yeah. And when you live a life where you quit throwing shoes, they don't drop anymore. Yes. And the peace in that, there's no high like peace. There's just I, I agree. I think that was a beautiful point that it's never been a regret that I no. I chose a different way of being on June Never. 2019. Nope. Not- I a lot of things in my life. I, to this day, I still do. But yeah. That that is not one of them. Not I even. Not it, it, It's not even. It's laughable to think that someone would regret. I mean, it's not. It's so. Yeah. It's absurd. Yeah. Yeah, and I like you had to have your your relapse, and I, I had to do 22 years of hard labor to get where yeah. I'm at. You know and. I had to really pay and, and you, you do, you did too. Yeah. You know, but just like you and I know that nothing worth a damn is easy. Right. Nothing worth a damn is easy. Well, and I was taking my recovery for granted in some ways. And <laughs> so, you know, I got my chain yanked. Yep. And it's easy to get complacent. We talk about it all the time. Yes. Very easy to get complacent. And, um, and we, you and I know too many people just that you and I were in treatment with yeah. that to this disease. Yeah. Just the just the group that you and I were with is eleven. We've lost eleven. Yeah. Just the group you and I were with, and that's I can't even tell you that many in my whole life. Yeah. So this d- disease wants us dead. Yeah. Just that's that's its whole point. And it if it can't kill us, it's gonna take everything, and we will strip us of everything that we are. Yeah. I don't wish you were dead. So that's its point. And so it's just always good to just stay hypervigilant at all times, honey. So now, you know, we've we've both learned some stuff. Yes. Well, thank you, Casey. And thank you, listeners, for once again listening to my story. And uh, I will see you next time. Thank you all for listening. You are beautiful, each and every one of you. I invite you to be the light and love you wish to see in our world. Have a lovely day.